All right, today we're going to talk about the uh, due diligence process if you're developing a piece of property or buying, you know, buying a building or commercial property or something like that. And, uh, you know, if you're buying a piece of land to develop, whether you're building a spec house or doing a small infill development subdivision uh, or major, major subdivision, like I showed you the other day, you definitely want to start with walking the property. You want to get out, obviously, with the owner's permission and you want to make sure that you're under contract at this point, or at least have an understanding, but you never want to walk a property, whether it's existing or vacant land without the owner's permission. Uh, that being said, you want to walk the property. You want to walk, especially vacant land. You want to walk it, get to know the topography, see what's on there. You never know what could be stored or dumped on the property that you could just kind of take a quick walk. You might find, um, you know, some sort of uh, endangered, you know, species on the property. You might find a grave site. You just, you know, graveyard. You never know. So, especially on the bigger, bigger sites and, uh, you know, vehicles have been dumped, you know, things like that that can cost, you know, real money to get out of there. Uh, but more importantly, you want to know the boundaries of the property. You want to see if you can visually find any encroachments, the topography, if anything looks uh, suspect in terms of soil conditions, if you see anything that looks like wetlands, you know, things like that before you do surveys. And if the owner is not disclosing those things, rivers and creeks running through the property, streams, uh, utility, uh, <clears throat> power lines that go through the property, things like that. Gas lines, you know, there's a number of things that, you know, a lot of sellers won't tell you, you know, on your own uh, or on their own. You got to go kind of walk the property, figure it out. You know, at some point they'll let you know, but up front, a lot of times sellers won't tell you those things. So uh, you want to walk the property, get to know it, get to know the topography, look at the soil conditions, site conditions, things like that. So you uh, access, you know, what kind of access is there to the property? Are there utilities? You know, things like that. Then you proceed from there and you start doing your inspections. And then there are, uh, once you get the LOI in place and your attorney drafts the contract, and I always recommend having an attorney draft your contracts and you're under contract and you move forward in the due diligence process, there's a number of steps that need to take place. And one of them is the environmental studies, environmental assessments. Um, there are three stages of environmental assessments. There's phase one, phase two, and phase three. And a lot of people have asked about the phase one, two, and three, when they're necessary, when they're needed, when they're required, and who requires them. And typically these are required by lenders. And if you're paying cash, I advise you to at least on a commercial property, multifamily, or land to get a minimum of a phase one environmental. Now this is on land that, you know, uh, you're doing a bigger project on. You don't need that for a residential house. Uh, but I do suggest on larger residential properties or uh, suspect site conditions to get soil studies done where they can do some boring samples and check the soils. But anyways, a phase one environmental study is uh, it's the simple first step study where they go out and they visit the property, take a look at it. Um, they do title research and try to see if there's ever been any kind of a, you know, claim or any kind of a issue with the property or if any uh, types of chemicals were ever stored on the property, if there's any oil tanks, you know, things like that. So they do title searches, they do environmental searches, uh, and they physically visit the property to see if it looks like there could be any lead, asbestos, contaminants, anything like that done. And if it checks out, then you're all good and that's all they're going to require. If something comes up, if there's a red flag, then you move to the phase two. The phase two environmental assessment uh, is where they take samples. Uh, it could be core samples of the soils, uh, groundwater samples. It could be samples of the building and the structure, looking for asbestos, lead, you know, things like that. 
uh, you know, other types of contaminants, and uh, and they'll get that done and evaluate it. And then comes phase three, which is the um, recommendations of abatement and um, what you know what you need to do to rectify the situation. Uh, so that'll be the phase three study that you know tells you what to do and how to handle it. <clears throat> so then you can hire an abatement company to come in and take care of whatever the situation is. So that's a very quick, brief overview of phase one, two, and three environmental studies. You can look that up online and get more in depth about it. More, uh, you know, uh, it would be more advisable to speak to. Uh, some environmental engineers and you know get their take and their opinions and ask them what they what you know what's involved and explain in further detail just like geotechnical engineers uh, to explain the soil studies and like I said you always want to get a soil study done if you're breaking ground on a uh, bigger development project higher end custom home things like that you want to know what kind of soils you have especially if there's questions or if you think there are some uh, you know, maybe subsurface conditions that, that may be of concern. And just because a site has some soil concerns doesn't mean it's bad. It just means you got to fix it sometimes. Um, and uh, sometimes you can't. Sometimes it's not, you know, recommended to build. But usually you can rectify the situation with excavation, uh, with, um, you know, footers and piers and, you know, things like that. So there's all kinds of things you can do with poor soil conditions to rectify the situation. So that's really the first part of the due diligence process in terms of site conditions, soil conditions, environmental studies, things like that. Uh, then obviously you move on to your surveys, you move on to your building inspections. If there's a building, uh, you go through those processes, you do physical inspections. If you're buying a multifamily unit, either you, the property management company, or somebody, you know, inspector, you want them to go into every single unit. Do not overlook that. I don't care if you're buying a thousand units, 500 units or 20 units, you want to go into or have a representative go into every single unit and physically inspect everything in that unit uh, to make sure that uh, all the units are what they're supposed to be. And uh, you don't have any surprises down the road after you've closed, because once you close, it's done, right? It's caveat emptor, buyer beware. So uh, you move through that process, get all your inspections done. And uh, uh, and then, you know, obviously the banks are going to order the appraisals and all those types of things. And part of your due diligence process, you want to talk to the tenants, you want to talk to the neighborhood, uh, people in the neighborhood. You want to do the crime reports and studies and kind of see what's around the area that you're looking to buy or develop in, what's surrounding there. You know, kind of take a trip at all hours of the day. I recommend you go in the morning, afternoons and the evenings and on weekends to see, you know, who lives there, who's around, what kind of traffic there is, what's going on, you know, who's hanging out, those types of things. So you can really get to know the property. That's all part of the due diligence process. Uh, again, you always need the owner's permission. You don't want to just randomly talk to tenants without the owner's permission. That's what I recommend. Some people do, some people don't, but, um, you know, some of the, some of the sellers, property owners do not want you talking to the tenants or entering the property without permission. Uh, property management companies can be instrumental in the process. Uh, they can do a, help you do a lot of the due diligence, help you do lease audits, uh, help you with inspections, repair costs, you know, suggestions, things like that. Uh, there's a lot of things that property management companies can help you with. Builders can help you uh, and engineers when you're looking at land or looking at uh, renovating buildings. Uh, they can be very helpful. Architects, if you have good relationships with them and they know you're a serious player, uh, you can get them on board to do, you know, some walkthroughs with you and take a look and get an idea of, 
existing conditions, what things are going to cost, you know, just a general broad overview of what the project looks like and the scope of work and things that you can expect as you move along. So that's just a real quick, brief overview of due diligence for vacant land and buildings. And uh, it'll give you an idea of what to look out for, what to expect, how to kind of mitigate some of the unforeseen things and some of the surprises. So uh, that's due diligence for today. And we will talk to you soon. Have a great day.